Are you planning to retire someday? Maybe that someday is decades away. Maybe, maybe it's later this year. Regardless of your timeline, this special episode, our 233rd, which kicks off our fifth season, could potentially be among the most important we've ever released in terms of impact on the lives and future lives of you and those in your inner circle. In 1960, if you made it to age 65, you could expect to live another 13 years. Today, one in seven of us will live past the age of 95, meaning we might spend 30 or more years in retirement. Are you going to be ready? Not just financially, but in all key aspects of life. I'm Dr. Brad Cooper, co-founder of the Catalyst Coaching Institute, and this episode will dig into a concept you've probably never heard of, but soon you'll be very glad you did. We're going to discuss the ins and outs of mastering pre-retirement. Wait, what? Pre-retirement? What is pre-retirement? From friends and peers to coaching clients and even parents, we're going to address the key steps starting from our 20s and working up into our 60s that will help us not only make the most of our post-working life, but also enhance each phase along the way. And yes, money will enter our discussion, but the primary purpose of this episode will be to go further, to uncover ways in which we can truly live fully during our final act, not simply accumulate the funds to avoid working. A reminder to those who are looking to earn their certification as a health and wellness coach, our last MBHWC approved coach training for 2022, just around the corner. All the details at CatalystCoachingInstitute.com or as always, reach out to us anytime with questions, results at CatalystCoachingInstitute.com. Now, with an average of 2 million people retiring each year, the vast majority are focused on what they won't be doing, work, rather than on what they will be doing. After 30, 40, or more years of working, most retirees look forward to escaping rather than fully living. Ask someone about retirement, or consider your own answer about what will fill the time. Almost every single response involves generic ideas about things like sleeping in, traveling, time with the grandkids, volunteering. Those are the things that fill the, and I'm putting this in quotes, plans conversation. But the reality is that while retirees may spend decades watching their finances to make this day possible, they generally spend little or no time at all considering the steps necessary to bring that day and the days that follow to life. Today, we're going to focus on three primary blind spots that exist for most of us during pre-retirement years. And then I'll briefly walk you through some key pre-retirement steps for those decades of life, starting with our 20s, moving through 30s, 40s, 50s, and then early 60s that will improve our odds of living a full life, a thriving life in retirement. As a side note, if you find this information beneficial, we'd really appreciate hearing from you. And we'd also appreciate it if you'd pass this episode on to others. I've gathered a pretty extensive toolbox of pre-retirement tools and strategies over the past month to almost a year. If you're finding this valuable, then we'll look for additional ways to expand upon today's episode in some practical ways. Over the past few years, I've been informally surveying a multitude of people who are inside a decade away from retirement to learn what, what is their approach to this big life change. The responses from almost every single person, with almost no exception, are incredibly similar. They encompass three specific concepts as follows. First, the number is everything. Everyone seems to have at least a good estimate of a dollar figure in mind that will open the door to retirement and the approximate number of years it will take to get there. If the number is there, 
we feel ready. If not, we're not. The second one is that short-term pleasures are extensively overvalued. And then number three, a generic what bucket, those things people mention when asked, what do you want to do when you're retired, generally consists of the same three things, volunteer, travel, and a specific hobby such as golf or gardening or time with the grandkids. Let's look at each of these individually and at least introduce the role pre-retirement might play in enhancing them. So the first one, money talks, but is it drowning out other important conversations? Cash is king. Money doesn't grow on trees, so bringing home the bacon naturally must be a top priority. Money may not buy happiness, but it can, as country music artist Chris Jansen reminds us, buy me a boat, or in this case, a ticket to freedom. So we spend decades making sacrifices and planning financially while forgetting everything else. Life requires funding. Yes, I get it. That is clear. And if our only goal is to literally sit on a beach and drink Mai Tais for the rest of our days, then sure, maybe money is the only thing we need to prep. But what kind of life would that be? Don't get me wrong. We, we do need to plan effectively for the costs life brings. But when we treat money as the only thing requiring preparation instead of one of several key elements, we in many ways miss that boat that money can buy entirely. There are foundational elements beyond finances necessary if we want to thrive in those retirement years. These foundational elements include core areas such as purpose, physical capacity, and personal connections. We could and we may in the future dig into these further. For now, let's briefly touch on the physical capacity aspects of retirement as an example. Financial advisor Colby Ripsom refers to the early years of retirement as the go-go years, which are then followed by the slow-go, and finally, the no-go periods. The go-go years are where the majority of us will be spending money at higher levels. An effective financial strategy must take these higher expenditures into account, or it will fall short in the long run. However, It's not only true for our money. The same is true physically. For those of us who may have worked in an office for decades, a thriving retirement is expected to provide the opportunity for more, not less, physical activity. And yet, for some odd reason, we generally ignore our physical portfolio during those pre-retirement years. Our bodies lose up to 5% of our strength, which is often replaced by fat each decade after the age of 30, along with similar changes in balance and cardiovascular capacity. Just as our financial prep during the pre-retirement opens or closes the door on choices, the same is true in the physical realm. The way in which we build our physical capacity during the pre-retirement years will have a significant impact on the options we have in the years that follow. Compound interest is the key, but not only in terms of our money. I'll circle back on this in a moment, but for now, I simply want to emphasize that if the only portfolio with which we're taking advantage of this powerful force is our finances, we're missing out big time. Just as we cannot build on an empty nest egg with our finances, the same is true across the other core aspects of life. The second common mistake we see during the pre-retirement phase is that short-term pleasures are greatly overvalued. Hardworking individuals in the midst of a stressful work life dream of a time when we can throw out the alarm clock, treat each day as a relaxing Saturday morning, and get away to the closest beach for some good old-fashioned R&R. But the reality, well, the reality is that as wonderful as those things sound in the short term, they generally lose their shine within a few weeks, if not days. 
It's a lesson that goes unlearned during the four to five decades of our 40 plus hour work weeks because our four to seven day R&R vacations do bring joy and refreshment. But the law of diminishing returns kicks in pretty quickly in the real world. A starving individual will delight in each and every bite of that first hamburger and probably enjoy the second one as well. But by the time they bite into number three, four, or five, that delight is long gone. As we ponder life after work during the pre-tirement years, focus on those pursuits that will matter in year five and not simply day three. And then the third common mistake, emphasizing the what over the who. Those of you who have been tuning into the Catalyst Health Wellness and Performance Coaching Podcast for a while, you know about our annual episode to help you create a powerful personal vision. By the way, you can go back to the most recent one in episode 199 if you're curious or you'd like to get a reset. The process of creating a personal vision is very, very different from forming annual goals. In fact, we make the statement that when you effectively create a clear personal vision of who you are becoming, the what or the specific goals practically come to fruition on their own. Now, this is every bit as important during the pre-retirement and retirement phases of life as it is with your annual vision perhaps even more so. A typical person focuses on the traditional what basket of travel, volunteer, and I don't know, maybe some specific hobby. The thriver focuses instead on who they are becoming. Here's a brief example. Let's say you spend some time developing your pre-retirement vision of the person, the who you are becoming for your post-working years. To keep it simple, let's say you identify a vision, something along the lines of being a curious and active explorer, generously contributing to my family and community. Well, let's dig into that for a minute. Each morning when you wake up, you remind yourself of this vision. Your who? Does the curious and active explorer who is generously contributing to their family and community sit around in front of the TV? Are they bored and worrying what to do with their day, their week, their year? Are they settling for the token volunteer role or generic, in quotes, travel that has you sitting by a pool with an endless stream of drinks in your hand as the primary goal? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess your answer is a resounding no. The individual who takes the time during the pre-retirement years to clarify that vision of becoming, in our example at least, a curious and active explorer, generously contributing to family and community, develops such a full life the traditional basket of generic travel volunteer hobby is replaced by a thriving life worth living. So where do we go from here? As I mentioned, I've pulled together pages of pre-retirement concepts that we can dig into in the future if you find this helpful. For now, let's just highlight one key area of emphasis across the decades from our 20s up into our early 60s, each of which will lean into the concept I mentioned previously about compound interest. Albert Einstein is often quoted as saying it was the eighth wonder of the world. Let's look at how that eighth wonder absolutely does influence our money, but it doesn't stop there. If you're in your 20s and 30s and you're listening to this, your target, your emphasis in terms of retirement is to tap into the compound interest with your money. What is compound interest? I'm no financial advisor, so you'll have to connect with Mr. Ripsom if you want to dig into those details. But here's a simple example on how compound interest could work for you over time and demonstrate why your 20s and 30s represent a key period to focus on the finance piece of compounding interest. Let's say you're 25 years old you're able to make an initial investment into a Roth IRA of $1,000. Then, instead of a daily Starbucks, you add that same $180 a month that you would have spent on Starbucks into that same account and you leave it there. Over the ensuing 40-year period leading up to age 65, you'll invest a grand total 
of $87,400, or just under $2,200 per year. Obviously, there are no guarantees. So for this example, we'll just use the average annual return of the S&P 500 stock market since 1957, which has been just a hair over 10%. We'll use 10% to be conservative. Do you know what the compounding interest will turn that $2,200 a year or total of $87,400 that you've invested into? It'll turn it into $1,001,259.18. That's right. Starting at age 25, $87,000 over time, the way we described it, can potentially turn into over $1 million. So how's that Starbucks tasting right now? Now, in our late 30s and our 40s, the compounding interest benefits in these decades shifts to the physical. All things being equal, we lose, as I mentioned previously, up to 5% of our strength and similar levels of cardiovascular capacity and balance each decade after age 30. But folks, all things don't have to be equal. The habits we establish in our 30s and 40s will carry over into the physical capacity, our physical portfolio we bring into the retirement years. Just in terms of health itself, a March 2019 study published in the Journal of American Medical Association with over 300,000 participants, so not a bad sample size, demonstrated a 43% decrease in heart disease and 16% reduction in cancer in those who began exercising in their 40s, even if they're inactive earlier in life. Add to this what we've discussed about how strength balance and cardio training opens the door for so many more opportunities in retirement and the compounding interest on physical pursuits, your physical portfolio during those decades of your late 30s and 40s may look even better than our million-dollar example we noted for those in their 20s and 30s. Now, once you're into your 50s and early 60s, the core pre-retirement decades, the compound interest benefits shifts to our hobbies and our connections. Traditionally, people will look ahead to retirement and expect to, in quote, figure out hobbies when I have more time. Similar to the 30-year-old planning to save later or the 40-year-old expecting to get more active in the future, that's a losing strategy if we truly want to thrive in retirement. Many when, where, and how decisions await us in retirement that can be enhanced significantly by getting at least a sense of the what, the hobbies, and the who our personal connections during those pre-retirement years. As a simple example, cycling, golf, or attending sporting events may seem like an enjoyable hobby from a distance, but there's a big difference between an occasional outing and a regular hobby. Similarly, many of our relationships are built around work. What happens to our connections when work is no longer a part of our lives? Don't wait until retirement. Begin expanding connections outside of work, such as volunteer organizations, church, or others, to benefit from the relational compounding interests later on. One final thought before we close. About 20 years ago, a good friend mused that life seemed to make us choose two out of three components, time, money, and health. He noted that when you're young, you, you have the time, you have the health, but probably not much money. Midlife maybe brings a little more money, but time becomes so compressed between work and family. And then the latter part of life offers time and potentially money, but declining health. It's spurred an interesting discussion that has stuck with me over the years. Since then, however, I've realized we actually forgot to include the engine that drives all three of those components, and that engine is purpose. Together, they provide us the vehicle for moving forward. We'll jump into that a bit more in the future if you found this to be of value, but I didn't want to close things out without at least tossing that into our pre-retirement discussion. 
Thanks for tuning into the number one podcast for health and wellness more than ever. Please share this with others if you found it to be beneficial. We're debating about doing a series on this topic, and so we'll be watching the listener stats on this episode very, very closely in the coming weeks to see if there's a value in doing so. Just a reminder for HR managers or benefit consultants that if you're looking to bring credible nationally board certified coaching to your organization, we'd be honored to discuss ideas to help your employee team members create lasting, meaningful change in their lives. Please reach out to us at your convenience results at catalystcoachinginstitute.com and we'll set up a time to discuss. We've been partnering with organizations nationwide since 2007 and we can help dial in the model that works most effectively for you or your client. And now... It's time to be a catalyst. This is Dr. Brad Cooper of the Catalyst Coaching Institute. I'll speak with you soon on the next episode of the Catalyst Health, Wellness, and Performance Coaching Podcast, or maybe over at the YouTube Coaching Channel.